0: You're listening to Two Sons of Tatooine. If there's a bright center to the universe, you're listening to the podcast that it's farthest from. And here are your hosts, Jonathan and Nathan. Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Sons of Tatooine. I am one of your hosts, Nathan, a.k.a. N.P. Bro. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Jonathan Cohn. We would love to thank you, and like to thank you, sorry, for listening And we-
1: <laughs> That was so
0: weird. No, we- we're keeping
1: it in. Keeping it in. We're keeping
0: it in. <laughs> we would love to thank you, and we will thank you right now. Thank you for listening, and encourage you, if you do love us back, would you give us a five-star rating on iTunes and follow our Facebook page, Two Sons of Tatooine for all future updates on this episode we will be discussing the search for r2d2 that's what happens when i don't read the (laughs) intro i usually write the intro we will be discussing the search for r2d2 from the clone wars season one episode six and seven this episode covers uh downfall of a droid and duel of the droids not dual but duel or dual is it
1: Duel with an E
0: or Duel with an A?
1: I don't know. I didn't look that closely. It's probably Duel. It's Duel with a
0: U, E. I'm pretty
1: sure, But
0: that's okay. I'll give you... uh, They didn't know. I I shouldn't have brought it out. If you (laughs) haven't seen these episodes... Uh yeah, we're already divulged in the podcast full on full <laughs> on discussion. But uh that's why you guys, if you're still listening, you already know that, and that's why you stick around. Uh but if you haven't seen these, uh obviously we encourage you to go listen uh to our podcast afterwards, after you've seen them so that we can cause we're gonna, obviously gonna be spoiling everything. Yeah. Um <clears throat> Jonathan, let me kick this off by throwing it to you who can give us a sense of normalcy, I, I suppose. <laughs> and uh <clears throat> Just tell me your overall thoughts about these two episodes that we get in season one. What what did they do? What
1: what was the big deal about these? The reason I picked these particular episodes is that mm-hmm. they hold, for one, a special place in my heart and also because I think they do have some quite importance within the canon and also within the fandom mm-hmm. uh, for several reasons that we'll get into Um One reason that I wanted to get into this first is that these were some of the earliest produced episodes of uh, the Clone Wars. Um, uh, Obviously, they were making the full season, first season, and the Clone Wars movie all together. But they had to start somewhere with the animation style and when they were initially putting it together. Mm -hmm. And these two episodes were really like the first two that were really made. Um, And you can tell that because this is a much more rough uh, animation style than even the movie, which came out earlier Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. in release. And part of the reason, I think, is because they were under pressure from all the other... Um, marketing people to have something that they could ship out so that people knew what the Clone Wars was going to be like so that they could start merchandising, such as Lego and Hasbro and other things and the video games. Um, there's an almost an entire video game based off these episodes. Uh, there's a Lego game based off these episodes and a Lego short, which we'll be discussing uh, <laughs> very, very briefly. Um, but so, this episode really has a lot of permutations in the fandom. Uh, and also, this was the start of the fans starting to like Ahsoka. Um, it doesn't, you don't, l- the fans don't really like her a lot. They haven't accepted her fully at this mm-hmm. point, but they're moving the needle a little bit. Um, she's, she is kind of whiny, but you see in these episodes her start to take more. Uh, authority for her to grow up and mature a little bit. Um, uh, you see her have much more playful banter that's natural. It's not forced. Her her banter was specifically with um, uh, with Anakin in these episodes is much more like a master student. Whereas in previously it was he was just annoyed to even have her along, um, uh, and this time he's you know he's having fun with her. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, I enjoy these episodes. They are not particularly impressive overall, but they do have a special place in my heart. Uh, but what did you think about these episodes?
0: It felt a little bit closer in character development to the Attack of the Clones version, uh, particularly with Obi-Wan and Anakin mm-hmm. and their dynamic. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It was a little bit more on the, on the side of, you know, Anakin was getting chastised. It, at the very least, he was, you know, Obi-Wan wasn't, wasn't quite being the, the the level that they were later on, which mm-hmm. Obi-Wan was always snide and always just showing <laughs> up and kind of just commenting and, and really well-written hilarious stuff. But, but he was a little bit more derogatory here. Um, yeah. And there's never even a second's pause when Anakin defies him as usual. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what, what I thought was that they did an interesting job with the characters, uh, particularly in, in that sense. And then also with, with Anakin and his attachment to R2, which is a theme mm-hmm. here. He's very much like, obviously he's, he's known the story a long time, but for the, yeah. for even before this, the big, the big deal here is he's not erased R2's memory in years. And mm-hmm. because of that, they have this bond and, uh, you know, <laughs> R2 is, is almost like a little sarcastic snide, kind of the same way Anakin is, or Obi-Wan is towards Anakin. Mm-hmm. R2 is even the same way a little bit, uh, yeah as we see kind of later in the episode, once it gets him back, but, uh, you know, that that's very much in character for Anakin. He, he develops very strong connections with everybody in his life. Everybody that's around. He just, that anyone that's an ally, they really like each other. He either really likes you or he doesn't like you. You know, (laughs) Anakin's not too neutral on most people that are close to him in his life. You know, Mm -hmm. he just goes all out. And so that, that was a cool thing to see. Um, I liked, obviously, the art style. You said it was, you know, it was very underdeveloped. But I still think that uh, they did a fine job for that time period. Mm-hmm. At You know, watching it compared to, like, uh, the final season, it's absolutely, it looks like a storyboard. <laughs> it, lo- <laughs> it looks like it looks like you're playing PS2 at, mm-hmm. at, the, at the very best or something like that. Yeah. And, and of course, now we expect something totally different. But uh, mm-hmm. um, I would give this this arc a, a, a rewatch in another year or two and still enjoy those two mini arc i guess it's not a full arc it's yeah. mini arc um so i guess we want to break down these episodes one at a time and then talk about yeah. some of the things that mm-hmm. we want to highlight about them so you want to get us started on downfall of the droids this episode opens kind of in a uh, like of a space battle right with yeah. uh with Grievous on one side, Anakin and
1: Sokin and, and some troops on the other, and an asteroid field, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And this is really like a deep cut, but the do you know what system they're in? Uh, they, it's announced very quickly at the beginning of the episode. Oh, didn't catch it. It's Bothawai, which is the old legend's name for where the Bothans lived. Um, in canon... We literally just have the line I've never heard of th- I've never heard of that is that is that the oh. same as Bothawooey? yeah that's the that's the, that's how it's pronounced Bothawai. um but it's spelled the same well in as- the
0: old republic they when they were doing the trailers for it they had the logs by this Jedi master and he always pronounced it Bawui but uh, um, well, anyway,
1: that's why the, so it is the, the same okay yeah on. it's the same um you know kind like of oh, we will have- fight
0: just like we would fight over the pronunciation of Pokemon names, but hey people do that.
1: I won't fight on pronunciate Pokemon names because I won't know. Because so. you don't
0: care. But. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: but, but anyway, the point is that. that the point is that in the canon, we literally just have the line "Many Pothins died" because they have said the story group has said we have one rule: you cannot use the Pothins, you cannot even mention a Pothin, you can't you can't do anything with Pothins. And the authors like, why? And they said we have a secret plan. That we're not telling you about. So eventually, there is something coming down with the Bothans. But right now, we have nothing. So it's just kind of funny that they this this happened back when you know Lucas was more in charge. So he was okay using just a reference to something because it didn't bother him as much. He didn't. He wasn't. He wasn't as tamped down on canon at the mm. time. But uh, this opening action scene, I think, is really good because. It shows good tactics. I mean, Clone Wars is a kid's show, particularly the first few seasons. But, you know, having, drawing them out into the asteroid field, making them think they have the upper hand, forcing them, because they have to go through the asteroids with the asteroids hitting their, their forward shields, having to add power there and to decrease their rear shield power mm-hmm. so that when the clones on the... Tr- um, uh on, on the tanks start firing from behind, there's essentially no power there, so they're just hitting the metal and mm-hmm. so it's able to take them down really quickly. And mm-hmm. it shows very smart strategic planning on Anakin's part, um, particularly. Uh it paid were, off in
0: this instance. If if Grievous did. had picked if he had picked another route, well then Anakin mm. it wouldn't have paid off, but yeah, it was seeing the moment when the tanks are revealed coming mm-hmm. as the kind of the light. Yeah, it, it looks like as the asteroid field, the the asteroids rotated yeah. or orbited or whatever, and the light kind of shone on them. Mm-hmm. Um, which they had to time that just right too, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they propelled yeah. the asteroids at the right angle, but if they're a little bit off, then they're like, oh crap, we're
1: on the other side. It's spinning out of control. <laughs> and and the the story that people happen. that that episode is written by uh, Henry Gilroy, uh, who wrote. Tons of Clone Wars Rebels episodes, like tons of them. Uh, And uh, James Arnold Taylor said that Henry Gilroy was his favorite um, uh, Clone Wars writer. Uh, But uh, in this episode, he did a good job of not revealing too much because Anakin says, I have a plan. And you see the tanks. Yes. But the audience doesn't put it together because it would never occur to us to use a tank in space. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And Grievous
0: had a lot of confidence, really overconfident,
1: even talking with everybody Mm -hmm. as droids. And
0: he's like, oh, we've got them. And then Anakin had even out thought that. And this kind
1: of you're thinking about in real life, it's in in multiple wars throughout history. The victor, um, you have you have a traditional established, you know, fighting style. And then someone introduces a new element. But as far as you know, you would never be able to predict that the enemy would use that element. So, for instance, with um, uh, the Revolutionary War, is the, the the American soldiers were willing to to hide behind um, uh, rocks instead of you know lining up in the open. Um, mm-hmm. So the British didn't know how to do this new strategy because it was just not done in Europe. And with this. Grievous had zero reason to believe that's what um, Anakin would do because it's never been used before, as as far as we understand. Mm. So Grievous was right; he had a solid plan. If 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 they didn't have those tanks, Grievous would have just plowed through the fleet, and this would have been a very short TV show. Yeah, um, I think
0: I think in terms of skills and as a general within the within the Jedi army, um, ingenuity. I don't know that anybody tops Anakin. Um, And especially Anakin and Ahsoka together. I don't know that any of the Jedi generals were able to strategize at the level that he did. Mm -hmm. Um, And and part of that was just the fact that it seems like they they had a whole lot of experience with, you know, Grievous himself in battles or other top tier, you know, forces, including including Dooku's forces and Ventress when she had different forces under her command, whatnot. But like they just had a lot. And so part of its experience but another part is he was genuinely he was a tactician Mm -hmm. and he understood risk and reward in a way that it garnered him on average way more respect from the clone troopers under him than i would say the regular general and the same for ahsoka uh, Mm -hmm. who by the by the tone in this episode you never realize that she and rex become absolute besties by the end but but here she's like you know you carry the droid, <laughs> and, you know, and they're, they're having this banter and she's almost like a little bit talking down to Rex. And he's like, Oh bother. But he, she also, you know, she goes off and she, she distracts Grievous and things. And mm-hmm. for the sake of the mission where she is risking her life and get, and garnering a lot of respect from the clone troopers. But, um, uh, I say all that just to say that I think, yes, they, they did those risks. And as a trooper or as a soldier, you liked that you liked the ingenuity behind that the the risks taking high risk high reward and and that garnered a lot of respect that they got um so yeah
1: and one thing i don't know if you noticed this but one of my favorite moments musically in this episode is during the battle scene that to me the music reminded me a little bit of um Hi, uh, uh the first parts of the Caribbean music uh music because uh, the music was bum and it really puts you on edge and it slowly builds and Kevin Kiner slowly adds instruments throughout um to build the tension. And I thought that was really well done, and then he takes a hard left turn yeah. and he adds in like guitars <laughs> and This was a time during Kevin Kiner's uh, stewardship of Star Wars music where he didn't really know where he was supposed to go with it Mm -hmm. um, because he didn't have a clear roadmap. And Lucas is very much a fan of uh, experiment, do something new, try something Mm -hmm. out. Um, as we've seen with like the Attack of the Clones soundtrack, um, where Luke Williams even did did a little bit with, but this he didn't know. Like eventually, Clone Wars is heavily orchestral towards the end, very much like traditional like mm-hmm. movie soundtrack. But mm-hmm. here he was just like whatever music he can fit in, he did, and it, I think it works. In the episode, in the context of the full Clone Wars soundtrack, not really, but in the episode, I think it was, it made it propulsive and fun and different. It struck me as well.
0: Some of the beats were more of a, almost an R&B style or a yeah. rock, not quite into a rock, but uh, some somewhere between a techno and a dance music, mm-hmm. which is very, uh, in its electronic sounding and it's yeah. in its scenes that heavily were focused on R2, um, like the scene where he's trying to uh, break out um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, things like that. And it struck me as well. I was like, this is not at all the soundtrack that I'm used to from Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. But season one was trying to find its footing. So um, it was interesting. It in some ways reminded me of what um, Goranson did in Mandalorian finale of season Mm -hmm. two with the the Death Troopers. And they're kind of... What would you say? It was dubstep almost.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess that's a good phrase. Dubstep hard Not techno
0: exactly. dubstep something. Mm-hmm. It, it was definitely close to dubstep, I would say, but, um, <clears throat> but it was whatever it was, it was very different and yeah. pushed the boundary further than they, than Kevin Kiner pushed it in mm-hmm. this episode for sure.
1: Um, yeah. But right. I do th- I do think that and this goes down to a conversation that I would like to have eventually overall, which is that I do think that Kevin Kiner A should get a Star Wars movie to do the soundtrack for because he can mix old and new themes really well. But mm. also I think that he should, um, uh, I think that he should do perhaps Ahsoka. Um, uh, that might be controversial since I think that what they probably will do is just have Ludwig do all of the Favreau Filoni verse because it makes sense to have consistency in that music. But if they're experimenting a bit, um, or if it's just like, he doesn't have the time cause he may not want to do four different shows. <laughs> he mm-hmm. may just, he may just want to do Mandalorian and stick with that or just do Mandalorian book of Boba Fett <clears> or something. <throat> But uh, if the opportunity of, arises in Ahsoka, because Kevin Kiner literally created the Ahsoka theme, I think that uh, I think that he he'd did. be a good choice. I,
0: I heard it used a few times, even mm-hmm. though not in—and and for me that was cool because it's a theme that I know better now. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice it for a while watching Clone Wars that that yeah. was hers, oh, and yeah. I caught it. I caught it mm-hmm. here, and it wasn't at all used in the same format, but it was short. And it, w- and it fit, kind of, mm-hmm. as she was, I guess as she was holding off Grievous towards the end. Yeah. Um, if I recall this one. But, um, yeah. <clears throat> so, this drunk trader, the Trandoshan, <laughs> who's kind of yeah. uh, not like any other Trandoshans we've seen. <laughs> no. He wasn't in the least bit intimidating, but, I mean, this is a character, and I hate that they used it so simplistically, because... I think everybody when we first met him we kind of knew what, what was gonna happen. It was mm-hmm. gonna be a duality of good side, bad side. Yeah. He could have made some credits, given him back R two, been on his happy way, and this never would have this arc never would have happened. Of course they would have never found Grievous's place and blown it up, but for yeah. him, he wouldn't have obviously died or gotten <laughs> his reward, quote unquote. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But we're talking about a character that you know, it was a little bit in the mold of a maybe a Hondo one day. I don't know if they're thinking Hondo yet. Um, but he's a he's a trader. He's a droid repair guy. He just probably scav- scavenges droids, sells them off, yeah. and does not tell Ahsoka and Anakin that he's got R two. Well, they've got this. Uh, we haven't even talked about R three, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll they 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 ended up getting in all kinds of trouble thanks to mm-hmm. R three. Yeah. And and if he had just from the beginning said here's your droid pay me and i'll you know i'll be on my way right then everything for him would have been fine but instead we get the the fact that he's gonna go on and even by pushing just a little bit and i wouldn't i wouldn't say for sure grievous was gonna kill him either way even if he hadn't tried to ask for more reward but it seemed like grievous was probably gonna kill him either way just Mm -hmm. because Grievous is dumb. (laughs) He doesn't think about keeping allies. Like, if people find out, oh, everybody who brings something to you that's, like, the thing that I want, I
1: killed them. Well, who wants to bring something if there's no reward? And And it's uh, actually funny because in universe, Dooku calls him out on that. And he's just, like, um, uh, at one point he just, like, destroys one of his droids. And Dooku's, like... Uh, those things are expensive, dude. You don't. And, and he's like, uh, You don't want this reputation that you just kill everything and everyone. But uh, the, the, yeah. the, first of all, he didn't even look like a Trandoshan. No. Like, especially when you look back at other Clone Wars episodes done in the future. Like there's a Trandoshan arc where um, uh, Ahsoka has to fight some oceans. They look like oceans. You see mm-hmm. them and instantly register. They yeah. use the f- word, oh, that's a Trandoshan junk trader. If they hadn't used that phrase, I would have had no idea what species. I probably would have been like, man, he looks familiar, but... <laughs> it, just, his, it just looked... I, I get what they were trying to go for. They were trying to make him look sleazy, but it just did not <clears throat> register really mm-hmm. properly in the person's mind. It, he looks off. And I, don't, I think that's one of the weaknesses of the episode. Um, uh, but the, I think the, the, in the junk trader's mind he doesn't think that Anakin's going to give him the, the financial reward because if he reveals that he actually has R2, Anakin's going to find a way to get R2 back. He may pay, mm-hmm. compensate him, but it'll be a small compensation. But the point is, Anakin will get the droid back. Whereas in this guy's mind, Grievous is paying and doesn't have mm-hmm. an easy way to get to R2, so Grievous is willing to pay more. So he's thinking about which is going to be the bigger payday. Mm -hmm. Um, It
0: didn't work out for him. Um, No, it did not. But the logic works. Unfortunately, Anakin needed needed a catchphrase, something like, um, how about this? A Skywalker always pays its debts. How about that?
1: (laughs) And then uh, uh, killed uh, the Trandoshan at his wedding. (laughs)
0: Let's
1: not. um, But anyway, (laughs) if he had had the
0: reputation, either one of them for, you know, being able to... Make allies and make their allies happy, that is a big deal and as far yeah. as as far as getting your resources using them well, and I think that's re- the reason why partially that Grievous failed here um mm-hmm. and failed in the future is he did not know how to successfully reward his allies and incentivize people to help him um other than people who are already you know separatist allies and things like that.
1: Yeah. Grievous has two strengths he has amazing lightsaber skills and he has um uh, great strategic battlefield tactics however he does not have other strengths like he really doesn't have anything else he doesn't have charisma he doesn't have wisdom he doesn't have a lot of things and he just thinks oh if i can just use my strategies in battle. And then whenever he has I go a against survival Jedi, instinct. That's yeah. Uh, he bails at,
0: at every time, like at the very last yeah. second and narrowly escapes every time, just based on, he yeah. really knows how to survive and, and just narrowly escape the clutches of defeat mm-hmm. uh, or, or death himself. But um,
1: yeah. And I it suppose- also is interesting that the droids, because they're not sentient, you don't feel like he doesn't feel I need to go down with a ship because there's just a bunch of droids. It's yeah. not people on the ship, and that's, I think, one of the reasons why he can get away with that in the Separatist army is because, eh, it's They'll be fine. They're, they're not really dead. Um,
0: yeah, that would probably harden him even further, and, and it's, it's why he's so loose with the resources of the Separatists, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Uh, you say that excuse once, but if you use it over and over again, it dulls you down
1: things. Uh, he almost reminds me like he needs like a financial advisor to be like um actually you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing that this costs us money. It's like uh, in season 6 of community when uh, the dean has to bring in uh, Peggy <clears throat> Brewster and she's just helping him okay don't don't spend our money on that. We can't we can't afford that. And he's like man, but it'd be so cool if I did this. <laughs> um anyway, throwing in all sorts of references tonight. Let's go
0: back to R3 then. Yeah. So <laughs> At the, uh, at the outset of this, of this arc, Anakin mm-hmm. g- he, has, he has damage to his starfighter in the assault where they do they actually defeat Grievous, but mm-hmm. Anakin's Starfighter is damaged, and basically there's an explosion on one of the wings, and he goes he's trying to chase Grievous, fails Grievous gets away, and mm-hmm. through that, uh, Anakin loses R2. We don't see where R two goes. He just yeah. j ejected or whatever. Anyway, uh Rex saves Anakin. He wakes back up. After he wakes up, they gotta replace R two. So they give him uh well, Obi-Wan assigns him R three, which I don't know where they got R three. We never get any any story, but at the beginning we're never mm-hmm. we're not given any reason to believe that R three is an actual traitor. We're just thinking, yeah. Oh gosh, Anakin. Yes, it's just a droid. It should work fine, yes, it's another it's just another droid. It might even do some things better, and that's exactly what ahsoka parrots is that you know, and she even tries to sell this you know it's gold and your gold leader thing. That was cool but yeah. <laughs> um we don't we don't realize at that point that actually this droid is a programmed you know infiltration plant by grievous um.
1: But anyway, from the start of it, what does Anakin call Is it Stubby? Stubby, yeah. Stubby. He's, he is really quick to assign <laughs> nicknames. It takes like two seconds for him to give Ahsoka the uh, snips, and it takes him like two seconds to give uh, R3 the Stubby nickname.
0: Yeah, he does. This droid, every, uh, for, for full two episodes, everything that possibly could go wrong, mm. everything that he, they asked him to do, he did the opposite. Open this door. He yeah. did the blast door instead.
1: Turn on my engines. He turned them off. Fire the lasers. He t- <laughs> Disable the lasers. <laughs> like I feel like this droid is the embodiment of two characters. I feel like he is the bumbling idiot. Oh, he's not really an idiot because he knows what he's doing, but he appears to be the bumbling idiot like Neville is, Neville Longbottom. Mm-hmm. But he evokes this hatred from me that Joffrey does. Because every time I see R three, I'm just mm. I'm just like, ah, oh, this guy again. Like, I really do not like the character. For one, because he's a, a traitor, but also just like I just don't I I don't enjoy watching any of his scenes. I'm just like, just get to R2, just get to R2. Mm-hmm.
0: So And whenever uh, R two tries to contact them as well, yeah. Anakin's like, Oh, that's R2's voice, I know it. Yeah. And um and even us, like other viewers, like yeah, that yeah. sounded like R two, and Ahsoka's like, "That's not R two. What are you talking about?" And we're like, "What? What do you think R two sounds like?" That's exactly what he sounds like.
1: <laughs> it's a R two did uh, the Twitter bio, the beep, boop, bop. He did. <clears throat> oh that gosh. was that was what he was doing. But uh, that's Ooh. getting into that's getting <laughs> into the next episode, which is Duel of the Droids. Um, which, by the way, I looked it up. You were right. It's D U E L, not D U A L. It's two droids. It's two of them. That's what you're talking about. R3 and R2. That's why I was thinking of. Uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. But, but you're right. It makes more sense to be D U E L. But I think that as a whole, this episode is much better than mm-hmm. the first one. For one, it has a yes. lot of payoffs. But also.
0: We get lightsaber battle. That's always Lightsaber good.
1: battle. Also, the inner cut of the different scenes, is great. Like, Downfall of the Droid has a great opening, and then when the middle then the when the, when the middle act is done, like, when they go on the traitor, they're like, oh, R2's not here. <clears throat> that should be the end of an episode, that they've just given up there. But then you have this third act, where Anakin just goes out searching for the base, and um uh Grievous shows up and they have to save him, it's kind of like it feels like an afterthought, like, oh, this this is happening, and it just feels clunky the whole episode. Mm-hmm. Whereas Duel of the Droids feels cohesive and it has multiple storylines that intersect, much like Return of the Jedi has the three endings that or the three the three plot lines that yeah, intersect. Yeah, all three um, at the same time. And with yeah. this you have uh Ahsoka her her plot line, and you have uh, Anakin his plot line, and then kind of you have R two has a separate plot line that merges with Anakin's, but like you have the different plot line, and even the the cl- clones to an extent, um, they 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 merge <coughs> on they they get together sometimes, and then they separate, and it just works really well, and it's a very satisfying ending. So I think this is a much better episode.
0: Um, they also you you keep in mind that Grievous never gets to meet Anakin. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things throughout the entire show that the writers Mm -hmm. are constantly having to like maneuver characters apart from each other. And, uh, because obviously, you know, the first time they meet is Return to the Sith right there. And, uh, well, this is one of those instances where Anakin has to just disappear for a little while. And, he His absence is, is displayed uh, or explained like, okay, well, first of all, they talk to Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan says, well, you got to go because this droid's got all these, you know, you never wiped his memory. How dumb are you, Anakin? <laughs> and uh, it was really chiding. And, of course, after that, he's like, well, I could rescue him. No, this is not a rescue mission. And I'm not I'm not sure why Obi-Wan at that didn't point didn't just say, fine, Anakin, but... If you have to do what you, you know, if you have to destroy it, do it. But he's like, No, you cannot rescue him. Even though mm-hmm. Anakin's in, the, in his mind, he's like, I'm going to disobey you no matter what you say. Like, I, my mind's already yeah. made up. And Obi-Wan, I, I, he just ignores that. Uh,
1: as far o- as I know, Obi-Wan's life is about following the rules. And even though he knows Anakin is going to break the rules, Obi-Wan knows that he has to be the person saying, You have to follow the rules. Like, he's that person where you have to give that... Like, like there's certain things at school um, uh, where the, the, the principal tells you, all right, everyone has to do this. Everyone has to read the school handbook. Nobody reads the school handbook, but the <laughs> principal <laughs> has to tell everyone that they have to read it. And, by the way, there was one year where I literally read the handbook. I was the only person who did so, and the, the principal... My dad asked if anyone had read the handbook, and I was the only person that raised my hand. And it like, I did the right thing, and I felt like an outcast. And I was like, "Come on, guys! <laughs> Not that it I'm was, salty."
0: Uh, <clears throat> one of those last page has a ten dollar bill or something, yeah. <laughs> it, or has a prize. Were you? No, there wasn't a prize. You got to the end, you know. When I asked the question, "Did you read this?" say Say the code phrase. Cone is the best or something, you know. <laughs> no,
1: Whatever the, the code f- phrase is, you shout that out, you get hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah, the um, only reason I read it was because my dad told me to and he was the principal, so I'm like, of course I'm gonna have to read this. He's but gonna anyway. know because I live with this person. Exactly. But uh, but Obi-Wan's like that. So he's always going to tell Anakin to do the right thing to, to do the to do the, the, the rule based thing. And Anakin's always gonna disobey it because Anakin's always the practical one, like nah this'll work better.
0: And Ahsoka, um, she makes a comment, she's like, Oh, you're gonna go explore for a little bit, are you, yeah. master? Um and, and he look, ooh, what about that moment where Obi-Wan says, um, <clears throat> your apprentice is right, you should listen to her, or your Padawan is right. <laughs> and Ankin is like, Oh, listen to her like you always listen to your old Padawan? See <laughs> some those are the moments that last in in this type of episode is mm-hmm. is the banter between our characters, and the main yeah. characters, and it is a little bit like I said earlier, it was a little bit closer to episode two, yeah. but but as they grow throughout Clone Wars, it really changes mm-hmm. to set up their character interactions that are more like in three. Um, <clears throat> it's just a little bit more of a at this point. I feel like Anakin's lower on the totem than than Obi Wan in his mind anyway, but mm-hmm. but through the through the next three years leading up to Revenge of the Sith, it's quite a bit of a change there. Oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> Let's talk about um, ah- Ahsoka versus Grievous. Oh, uh, yeah. So, this is a big deal. Um, Grievous is way outclassing her at this point in oh, terms yeah. of skill, and mm-hmm. everybody knows that. Everybody knows she's a Padawan, and this is season one Ahsoka. So, mm-hmm. put all your arguments about how strong she gets later out of the. Uh, she is not any, anywhere in his tier, and this is by far the hardest opponent she's ever gone against, but she decides to anyway. And she gets, you know, she gets literally chewed out for it later by Anakin. Uh, You went against Gravis by yourself? What are you thinking? Um, uh, Even even when Rex actually is the one who tells Anakin that, and he said it was on her orders. She said she was going to, you know, distract him so that we could get the mission done. Rex
1: is in a a terrible position. Terrible position. Because he's almost like uh, an uncle to uh, to Ahsoka, but an uncle where the, the niece outranks him. So it's mm. like, yeah, he should be watching over her, but at the same time, she tells him what to do because she outranks him. Um, uh. But it, it, it's a, it's a, it's an, it's an interesting relationship. But if you notice, the moment that Grievous shows up, she doesn't flinch. Like she is not afraid, and the, her first thing is, "I gotta protect these guys." Like I love how quickly she just. You know, jumps when when he's about to to mm-hmm. to kill Rex. She just jumps right in there. Like there's no hesitation, and it shows one her her love of Rex and the crew, and also it shows her determination to prove herself, which I really like. That she's she's out there, and she doesn't. Well, they lost
0: not, a lot of clones too. They,
1: there were yeah, several they did. that died. Um, yeah, but she but she tries and you know, it's smart I think her <clears> tactic <throat> because she's able to lure Grievous away from the clones and let the clones finish the mission. And you know, in her mm-hmm. mind by the end of the episode or maybe not the end, the middle of the episode, she thinks she's going to die because she thinks that Grievous has her, he's holding, he's choking her and mm-hmm. she thinks that they're just going to blow up the station. So she's willing to do the self-sacrifice thing in order for the greater good. Um, she's not doing it for you know glory or anything so i right. do like that about her character it's, it's i think it's shown better in other episodes later in the series but this is the this is the first inklings of it
0: isn't it great that 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 highlighted aspect is something that she learned from Anakin who mm-hmm. you know he in this character you know at this point he is everything that a jedi is supposed to be Except he often just breaks the rules to do what he thinks is the right thing. But he always does what he believes is the right thing, no matter what the risk is to himself or to his men. Uh, He'll put his own life on the line. And, you know, later on when Ah Ahsoka doubts the Jedi Order, I think it's because they don't show that same commitment that Anakin had mm-hmm. raised her on and had demonstrated a selflessness like that time and time again they yep. get bogged down in the rules and the politics and they're not mm-hmm. doing what's right yeah. they're not doing what what they need to do they're sitting talking about it and that bothers her later on and you see her already having fully bought into that mindset to this degree mm-hmm. in the moment that she just you know decides to sacrifice herself Against Grievous, and she doesn't have, have to die, but she you know certainly could have and and so that that decision
1: still holds the weight um, yeah. if that that point makes sense to you mm-hmm. it does make sense um, um, moving to a, something else the the station itself that they were on the listening post um, it's obviously a reference to the Death Star in its design Um mm-hmm. yes. you literally Circular, have yeah. the dish and this is what I find. Just kinda this is there are times in Star Wars and I, I would say that um JJ Abrams does this, where they go for the reference to something which is almost like a fan service, but not exactly a fan service, but they go for the reference to something more than they go for the accuracy of the of the lore. Whereas um uh, other There was people, one lore who, thing
0: that I was wondering about.
1: Yeah. And it was and, the um well, did you have a question? Do you want me to well, I Well, was, I, was, I was going with this, was that the dish makes no sense because that type of a dish, it's tilted inward in the station, which means that it's meant for be, being the laser for the Death Star. But dishes that are, um, you know, like for... This is supposed to be a listening post, so it's dishes are supposed to be more outward-based to try to, you know, for picking up signals. And so Mm-mm. it's not designed... Like that type A communications disc It's it's designed like The Death Star dish The reason they did it This way is so that The audience goes Ah bad guy base Death Star like yeah. That's right But it's not Accurate
0: In a the A lot of that design. was very Because of the audience and, You know Yeah exactly This is a kids show mm-hmm. Especially when it started out It was mm-hmm. Designed to be that And yep. uh, so that, that's the reason for that. Uh, here's my continuity error. Um, one of the Magna, if, if they're called Magna guard droids, is that right? Yeah. With the poles, mm-hmm. the electrostaff poles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he gets, doesn't he get his head chopped off? And then he just like dies, even though what happens in Revenge of the Sith is, gets his head chopped off and
1: keeps fighting. Very easy, uh, very easy answer to that question just an older model? Older model, yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's MagnaDroid 2.0 or something. Um, I mean, this happens, you know, it, they just, with a lot of they things. They didn't address that,
0: that, that, but yeah. They didn't address it, but, it's, you know. It's easy to say that, but hmm, mm-hmm. you're assuming that it was an older you,
1: model. Yeah, <laughs> you could, you, that could be a, a continuity error, but it's such an easily explained away continuity error that mm. it's not a big deal, I don't think. Um but I could I, I definitely agree that on its surface it, it, it is that. Um and to my point earlier about the accuracy versus like this is something where would it make sense for on a little listening post for Grievous to have Magna Guards, because those things are expensive to produce. Like, those are not your easiest, those are not Mm -hmm. your regular battle droids. Those are expensive. And he has dozens of listening posts, you assume. He just happens to be at that particular one. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So it's like, does it make sense? But to the audience, Lucas is trying to connect and he's trying to make references. And so the audience says, oh, yeah, Magna Guards, awesome fighters, right? And so mm-hmm. it's a way for, for the audience to get built in, which is why it's not a huge problem that the the listening post is designed like the Death Star because you want your audience to track with you. And that's mm-hmm. why I think that the J.J. Abrams movies work is because sometimes he's not as accurate in the detail of the, the, what he's writing or doing. But because it's something that the audience understands because it's been used before, they track with him and they're able to accept it. So that's why it's not a huge deal.
0: Uh, let's not get into that yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I, I hear comments on either side of that question, so I think it's debatable whether or not mm-hmm. the audiences accept that. The, maybe the average general audience accepts those things, but yeah, certainly but the, not the a hardcore I, not even
1: hardcore, just any thinking fan is like, eh, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's... A, but, I mean, like, you have to think that when... Especially when it comes to movies and the major TV shows, um, this is changing a little bit with the way that they did Mandalorian, but that's seen by a huge amount of people. You're talking really wide audiences, so you have to factor in the common denominator, whereas with video games books, and comics, you have a very small audience. So those things are more designed for the hardcore fans, whereas the something like Clone Wars was designed, A, for younger audiences, but B, for the more wider audiences, for the parent who's cleaning the dishes in the background and just happens to be watching what's on the TV for their kids and says, oh yeah, Star Wars, I remember that, Death Star mm-hmm. thing. So it's like, yeah, I understand, because most of my family, a uh, majority of my family, are the casual fans and mm-hmm. I would when it comes to movies like them to appreciate them and if they started just going way off into the details of things and didn't design them for my family then it'd be I wouldn't have people to as many people to celebrate it with so it it, it it's okay for me it's not ideal but it's okay yeah i, th- I think i
0: could I could go on talking about this because my family's the same and <laughs> mm-hmm. some of them had one reaction the first time they saw Rise of Skywalker, for instance. Yeah. And they, you know, absolutely loved it. But on more, on a second repeated viewing, they're like, wait a second. What about this? What about this? What about this? As the questions, you know, that's one of the things like our first for you, we might catch up more, but the the repeating viewings of things, mm-hmm. it's it's going to cause those questions. So it suffers in terms of Rewatchability, but um, you know, nobody's saying that you know, J.J. Abrams movies are a masterpiece on the level of Lord of the Rings,
1: mm-hmm. which you
0: can rewatch endlessly, um, or the original trilogy. I don't think anybody's saying that they're a masterpiece mm-hmm. on that level, but um, anyway, for that point, to you know, this clearly is not trying to be as rewatchable. It's trying to be for kids. And for those reasons, it works and we can forgive some things here. Talk about, um, the actual duel of the two droids, so R2 versus R3. Uh, the, as the station is crashing to the ground, right? Mm-hmm. You've got the two droids, uh, basically with their little electric shocker arms. <laughs> <laughs> that are, and, uh, I guess R2 wins by going from the, for the center eye, you know, uh,
1: Yeah, it's an interesting battle. There, there is one thing that I wonder is: so you have a station that's in free fall. In free fall, yeah. If it's in free fall, how uh, like you could this answer could be they're both magnetized. Yeah. But the reason that doesn't work is because when R two cuts off the um, the 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 wire, uh, R three falls just completely falls off like he would in free fall. So mm. clearly their legs aren't magnetized, or it at might. least R threes isn't. So it doesn't make sense that when they're in free fall that they're not just like hitting the ceiling and just rolling away. And and the ship too, when the
0: ship comes to rescue R2, how is the ship in free fall going at the same speed? Yeah, at yeah, yeah, the exact same of pl- speed. Exactly. It, it it really did not <laughs> <laughs> it did not make sense. That would have never it, happened in like Clone Wars final season. Oh yeah. Those type of things would never have gone and, you know, mm-hmm. with the team that they have, let's, this is what we said, we have to forgive some things. Um, yeah. And that's one of the reasons why season one probably is not people's favorite. It gets a yeah. lot of criticism. They mm-hmm. say the seasons really get better about season three. And that, to a large degree, is true. They get starting to get in. Kind of, you know, cutting headway on it. But um I really hated that droid, hated R3, just despised mm-hmm. it and wanted it to get blown up or exploded or chopped into pieces or something. Yeah. And I like a with a lightsaber it would have been great for Anakin to be the one who just zoom, even if he just sliced yeah. the head off and that's mm-hmm. always see is it bounced away or get, crashes into a thing. Yeah. But he just kind of, you know, R2 beats him and that's kind of poetic a little bit, but I-, I wanted something worse to happen to
1: that droid. I don't know about you. It almost, this is going to sound really weird, but track with me for a second. It's <laughs> almost like, um, uh, 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 when it's like you have two, like, so if, like, Anakin's the. This, this is going to sound so weird. Anakin's like the, the, the husband, and you have the two. Like, like R2 is almost like. Go the, on. <laughs> R2 is almost like he's not actually a spouse. It's not a romantic thing, but R2's the partner. And R3 is now filling the void that R2 did, and R3 is bad. And so when R2 is able to be the one to defeat R3, it's almost like um, hands off, he's mine. T- almost type of a thing, like in the movie where, like you know, the the <laughs> one woman like just like like slices the neck of the other the the the. I got a
0: better one for you. Okay, Lois and Clark: The New Adventures of Superman in the nineties. One of the best TV shows. I loved it. Right. Mm-hmm. Lois gets replaced with a clone of Lois. She gets captured, and yeah. the f- the clone Lois marries Clark. The clone Lois, and Clovis. he doesn't know he doesn't know and like i remember you you revealed because these clones the way that they the way that they survive is eating frogs so at the end of this episode after this gorgeous wedding everything's great and they're sitting there after the wedding i guess they're in like their honeymoon and she's in the bathroom and she pulls a frog out and eats it and everybody's like oh, she's a clone you know <laughs> and uh there's this story you know uh, <clears throat> you know obviously they have to I guess the real Lois has to fight her or something like yeah. that. I don't remember how it exactly. resolved. But, but, but you, that's, you that's understand. The, the similarity is there. Is the yeah. yeah, you you replace the real one. And any other droid probably would have done a fine job. And Anakin wouldn't have... He would have eventually come around on them yeah. and be like, ah, you did a good job. And, and he would have praised the droid. But... Um, Gosh, this was just the one instance where the guy who is the most attached to his droid is the one dude who gets the traitor droid, who's going to yeah. sabotage his every effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so,
1: yeah, there was there was definitely po- po- poetic license in that. Uh, going to some of the, the 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 other reason that I think that that particular works is we talk about the cuts, Is that there are other things happening during their little battle? <clears throat> They're trying to get off the um, uh, the station. You know, Anakin's getting in his fighter. Uh, Mm -hmm. Grievous is leaving. So you see a little bit of their battle and then it cuts away and you're, as an audience, you know if you're thinking about this, R2 is safe. Like that's that's part of the reason that this is not Mm -hmm. a really stressful episode arc because you know R2 is safe but at the same time you have the oh no 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 what is what about R2 and you want to go back to it but because they intercut to other things it builds the suspense so that the payoff of R2 killing R3 is is better it's even more you know more.
0: there's a moment that was better payoff than that for me um, <laughs> it was when Ahsoka who had defended this droid um, every time that Anakin yeah. calls him Stumpy yeah. <clears throat> when she finds out that he's a traitor she says, "Why that stumpy little traitor?" <laughs> In she fairness, uses it's
1: stubby, stubby, not stumpy, stumpy, yeah. whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, but you're right, stubby. Yeah. She stubby uses
0: little. Anakin's word. She she's like that stubby little traitor, whatever it was. Yeah. And so she by her using her his words, she's agreeing. And I'm like, okay, there we go. That's finally that's more like it. Um, and <clears> then, then she about, covers
1: for herself later on. Uh, did he tell you that our stubby little droid was a traitor? He. Might have mentioned it, like, but we we were all wrong. We were all fooled. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Okay, so you showed me before we started, and this little Clone Wars kind of snippet episode that was in the Lego Star Wars style. Yeah, and you wanted to talk about that. So, and I don't know what you're even going to say, but go ahead and take the floor on that.
1: So, as I mentioned, that this episode was one of the first, and it was partially done because they wanted to to get it out there so that they could do different marketing things. Lego took the idea and made this video, which this video became very popular on Lego.com. It was really it was rewatched a ton. Um, the Lego sets from it were, were bought a lot. Um, uh, and it also launched a little Lego online video game. It's not a fun, like like video game in the traditional sense. it's like, like a computer game that's online. It has a couple of levels. That it was very simple. It's just you would go. You get just you're just running around, destroying droids, um, uh, and collecting things, trying to go from level to level, finding R two. And at the end of the game, if you're you can play as the Anakin or Obi Wan, or you can play as uh, Dooku or Ventress, and you're searching for uh, for. R2-D2, and both the video game and the little Lego short, the, the video, were based off this episode, and for one, when you've seen it, they very much, you can see what they took from the episode The Influence, but this really revamped, in 2008, 2009, it really revamped the Lego line. And it Mm. showed that Clone Wars was able to do what the movies did, which is not just make money as a TV show. Like a lot of people think, oh, Clone Wars was really small. It was just... You know, TV audience had a million or two million viewers or whatever. Well, you also had all of the little small areas that it was making Lucas money. And when you put them all together, you know, a couple hundred million from Lego or, or 10 million from Lego, 10 million from Hasbro, 10 million from the video games, put them all together. It's a lot of money. And the fact mm-hmm. that it was all able to work out so well shows the durability of Star Wars that no matter, even this is an animated thing that at the time, Clone Wars was not popular among the fans. People liked to diss it back in 2008, but yeah. yet it still was able to be popular in that it sold a lot of Legos, sold a lot of toys, made a lot of money for, for video games and stuff.
0: When they realized that they could retool the show somewhat to to yeah. win some of those people over, mm-hmm. um, that, that really elevated their product and, and people like me, who I think originally did feel like tuning into Cartoon Network was a little bit, you know, yeah, it, it, it was a little childish for me to do, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, and I it, for me I had to talk to a few other adults who, um, who actually watched it, and we would talk about it, and we say, ah, oh, it's got some things that are okay. I enjoyed this, and you know, Ahsoka's coming around, whatnot. And as things got better, we got more, definitely more open to our interest in it and didn't feel kind of like, oh, this is just for kids because I, mean, I, I don't think that was their goal mm-hmm. uh, if, later on. Well, it was it was their starting off point. Uh, yeah. And, <clears throat> and, they, and had to, a, they had to have that to sell things. Go ahead.
1: There's a, v- a video online, a video essay, where this guy says these are three episodes that individually work okay, but they put together show a complete transformation, not just of a Tano, but of the fans' viewpoint of Ahsoka, and Ahsoka really does embody the uh, concept of the Clone Wars TV show. It really mm-hmm. is, even though there's there's breakoffs and it talks about other characters as well. It really is Ahsoka's story, and mm-hmm. I think so. The way that For the, the fans change from season one, don't like it at all. Season three, we like it. It's it's fun. To season five, oh my goodness, we're crying at the ending and yeah. now people go back and they just defend clone wars as a whole people you don't really hear people badmouth even the part that they didn't used to like because of where she ended up people like where she started and, and with this tv show as a whole so i really think that this was and this is one of sort the sort of the opposite
0: game of thrones where yes it gets yes. it gets better and where people defend the earlier stuff instead of the earlier stuff is great and they're like, trust in the ending. The ending is going to make it worthwhile and the ending lets you down. But now if the ending is great, back. yeah, you don't, you don't care to go back. But if, however, the ending is great and everything leading up to that mm-hmm. is building to it, you can l- you can say, Hey, you just stick with the characters, just stick with them. Cause this is important to see their growth. You have to, you get, you get to appreciate uh, everything uh, a little bit more. So, um, Anything more to say about the uh, <clears throat> the little Lego crossover thing that they had going on? Because this is like a five minute little kind yeah. of funny Lego is all about the humor. So oh yeah, they, put, it's, they it's put got it the jokes jokes galore, bad guy bass and whatever in there. And, and I like I
1: I grew up with the Lego type humor, and I've watched almost all of the Lego specials. The um uh you know the the the, the Yoda Chronic, Lego Yoda Chronicles, which were fun. The <laughs> Not um, seen those. Oh those they 're on disney plus there 's not that yes. many um, they they only have what 's really weird they only have the last few episodes it 's like six episodes. they have four, five, and six, but they don 't have one, two and three, so it doesn 't really make sense, um, but some of them are you could find on YouTube uh, but like that cheesy lego humor I really like like when there's like um and uh, you see just Indiana Jones searching through the uh The 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 Jawa camp. Oh yeah, Um, and it's you hear a little bit of his theme and yeah, a little
0: motif, little Mm -hmm.
1: riff. When uh, you see uh, Anakin, he's running by, and there's just this um, uh, there's this uh, tie fighter or yeah, tie fighter. That's his his tie fighter from later on, and his shadow turns into Darth Vader, and the Imperial March plays, and he's like, "Ooh, that looks really cool." (laughs) Um, uh, it's just it's really short. But it's just a little bit. It's cheesy enough. It's almost like dad humor. Like you, th- you think this is stupid, but this is also hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I just, I just love it. And um, I'm hoping that eventually, it, down the line in the podcast, we will be able to get to more of the Lego things, uh, as well as more of the Clone Wars. Um, but and well, since I haven't, we ha- haven't seen
0: those, so it would be a yeah. chance for me to watch them if I have mm-hmm. to review them. So
1: and um, uh, we haven't really touched on this, and I want to briefly touch on this now: is that we now have a release date for the Bad Batch, May the fourth. Um, May the fourth. We get one episode.
0: Obviously, we could have no, probably predicted. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but when they did, we don't even have a full trailer for it. We just have a little teaser that they made, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that it's so close—you know, it's about two months away at this point. Um, uh, I also feel like we were very prescient that we released our episode and then like a few days later, the, our episode on the bad batch predictions, a few days later, Ooh, they announced we it. We
0: timed it. Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe we should, uh, we should do an episode on, uh, uh, Boca Boba Fett. Boca Boba Fett. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that we'll get some info. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool too. Definitely. I can't wait to get more, but, uh,
1: yeah. It seems just really like we're,
0: everybody good. held off on their releases through the COVID year and they were kind mm-hmm. of saving up. So. What I'm hoping is that we'll get like a double dose as everybody was holding on to their good ideas and yeah. everybody was stuck at home and so they were writing and they were developing mm-hmm. and designing and pitching and you know, we have so many good things. Hopefully they've had more time to simmer on the pot and they'll be they'll they'll be more tasty when we get to get to have our first uh, <clears throat> Absolutely.
1: Bowl. And I'm I'm ready for like three months maybe or maybe two months where we just have uh, you know, episode after episode that we're just reviewing. It's like we don't even mm. have to plan it out. It's going to be so – our jobs are going to be so easy this summer.
0: <laughs> I, I wish that WandoVision was qualified as a Star Wars show. We could talk about that too. Oh, man, we so have so great. many things. And to talk about Winter Soldier and,
1: uh, yeah. and uh, Bucky.
0: What's it called? Uh,
1: Falcon and Winter Soldier. Falcon
0: and Winter Soldier, yeah. Whenever that came out and uh, in Endgame came out and he gives him the shield, you know, I loved the line so much when Bucky says, you know, it feels like it's somebody else's. And then Cap just looks back at him and says, it isn't.
1: <laughs> it's like, ah. Uh.
0: And, Fa- and Falcon, that's such a great, well-written line. And so afterwards I made a meme of like Captain Falcon, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from Smash Brothers. Was a, well, from, not, a, not from Smash Brothers. But, but that's Smash.
1: where we know him from. Yeah.
0: A lot of people know him from that, but he, yeah.
1: So Captain speaking he of is. speaking of good lines, the end of the episode Duel of the Droids" has the line, "He isn't just a droid; he's a friend." Mm-hmm. And the reason that works so well, I think, is because the audience views are 2 like the audience has spent so much time. We yeah. had spent at this point, we had spent what, like twenty five years, thirty years, yeah, thirty years, because this was oh eight. Um uh, And our, we met R2 in 77. So the audience has spent 30 years with R2. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to the point where people have R2 and C-3PO blankets, little kids do. And um, you have pillows and you have, you know, the action figures that you would, you know, play within the car. Like people view R2-D2 as more than just a droid. He's almost like a friend. And he's almost like the the, the loyal dog companion almost. Uh, of the Star Wars world, and so to to have that type of a character to to, to almost lose him, you you really the audience is with Anakin because we're like yeah you need to save him because we love R two and he Had is our friend. Had Vader
0: come across R two out in space at some point, oh. he, w- he wouldn't have killed him. There's no. No, way. yeah, I I no I, I
1: agree. I think that he would have just he would have he would let have him go hesitated.
0: or he would have even tried to talk to him and R two brought back side of himself.
1: I don't know. I, th- I feel like R2 would ter- be like snippy. He'd be like, yeah, Anakin went to the dark side. They're better than this. And he's like, no, I'm not. And <laughs> I can see like Anakin turning real childish in, in the Darth Vader guys. He's like arg- arguing with C3PO. He's like, or we I mean, arguing with R2D2. Like you're better than this. I, I can totally see that happening.
0: Hmm. What a, what a crazy moment that'd be. But maybe the writers will give her s- something like that in uh, the Obi-Wan show. I don't know. Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Who? Perhaps. Perhaps. Um, I guess we want to take a break here, and then we'll come back. We'll tell you what we're going to do on our next episode. Is that...
1: Absolutely. All right. All right. So, um... Usually I do the announcing for the episodes, but this one is, this was all Nathan's idea and it's a great idea <laughs> and I'm super is excited it? for it. So Nathan, why don't you announce what our next episode topic's going to be? Uh, <laughs> all right. You know how we love top 10 lists. So we're going to do a top 10 list,
0: but what we're going to do it on, maybe something of uh, a little bit more interest to most people. So we're going to do a list of who we think are the top, 10 most powerful Jedi uh, during the prequel era during the Clone Wars, Mm -hmm. specifically during the Clone Wars. Um, The Jedi themselves and how we're going to define that are we going to include so and so or so and so what about their dark side flirtation, what about this and that all of those questions will be answered on the next episode. Yeah. So you'll have to tune in and find out who we think is our top ten. And yes, the number one may be kind of a given, but the rest might be different. You never know. Um, And we'll get a chance also to talk about some of their feats. We want to hopefully back it up and say uh, comparing lightsaber ability, force ability, kind of X factors as well. So... I don't know. I'm really looking forward to this discussion and uh, hope you guys will enjoy it
1: on the next episode. Yeah. This was really hard for me to come up with my list, not because there are so many Jedi to choose from, but because there's so few and I have to decide, okay, uh, these are all the 10 that made the list. Where are they on the list? Um, Because in all honesty, in the canon, we don't have that many Jedi named that we really see and have enough Mm -hmm. evidence to rank on this. Clone Wars really only focuses on a few and then has a few branches for a few episodes, but we don't get a lot. It's mm-hmm. not like we have like a hundred to deal with. We're talking maybe twenty. So we're just talking about top mm-hmm. ten out of twenty. But
0: Yeah, we Yeah. We we definitely can talk about that next time. Mm-hmm. And uh so make sure you tune in. Absolutely. Make sure you tune in, Jonathan. Tell everybody where they can find us, other places they can find us, except where you're listening to us now, <laughs> apparently.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 You can find us on Simplecast. That's our home base. You can also find us on uh, Apple Podcasts through iTunes. That's where a majority of people listen to us. We also are on Google Play. Excuse me, Google Play. We're also on um, uh, Stitcher, and uh, we're also on iHeartRadio and Radio. dot com. And um, I'm sure there are others that I'm just blanking on. Uh, we're on Facebook, <clears throat> Two Sons of Tatooine. You can find us there. Please. Uh, follow us leave us comments we would love 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 if you would give us a good rating and a review even if you have suggestions on how we can change things we love the feedback and your ratings will allow more people to be able to hear us Um, uh, you can find my book reviews for sci-fi star wars star trek fantasy stuff maybe on roku depot Um, and with that I am jonathan and I am Nathan aka NP Bro and thank you for listening to Two Sons of Tatooine.